Blog Talk Radio. So let's get this party started. We're we're back online here. We make sure that you guys can hear me and we're doing good. And I'm going to go back online on the YouTube in just a, mo- a couple moments. Right? So let me just make sure you guys can hear me here. All right, we're back online. All right, so we're good to hear, and we're good to go. Let me just get the StreamYard back and running. Okay, we're going to go ahead and uh, make sure that... (laughs) (laughs) You just never know what can happen on live TV. So let me just uh, go ahead and update this here. One second, guys. Okay.
All right. So let me just go ahead and get the live stream up and running. And we're going to go ahead and kick the start the show started. Let me just uh, go ahead and do this here. Okay. Sorry about the delay, guys. But hey, we're back up and running. And we're going to go ahead and restart the show like as if nothing happened. <laughs> Let's do that right now, in fact. And get this started. And just go ahead and fire this up. I'm going to start like if nothing happened here. So we'll just play that song one more time. show we had a little bit of technical difficulties but you know what we fight through them we don't let it get us boggled down we keep on going here on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk show I apologize about the technical difficulties but it's all in good effort because we're trying to bring you both the live stream and on the blog talk radio sometimes it doesn't jive in together but we're going to keep on going here on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk show Definitely, if you want to join the show, please feel free to give us a call, 516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. Feel free to give us a call in here in the Allen Alpha Sports Talk Show. we got a lot of great things to discuss, but before we get the show started, we want to go ahead and thank our wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Feel free to visit Chef G's anytime you wish at 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. Definitely can visit him there, or you can visit Chef G's right there at FL 
FLBBQSauce.com. Again, it's FLBBQSauce.com. Definitely going to pick up one of the four delicious, great flavors. You can get some Florida sand and some Brickyard Rub, too. Awesome stuff there at FLBBQSauce.com. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Don't forget that great sauce. And definitely, we're going to go ahead and play another great tune. All of the music is provided by the great Sam Scola right there in Maine. So if you definitely, all the music you're going to hear tonight is by Sam Scola. In fact, we want to thank Sam Scola and his beautiful wife, Mary. So you can definitely visit and reach out to Sam. If you want to go ahead and sign up for a big contract, it's the email is singalongwithsam at gmail.com. In a sing-along with, with Sam at gmail.com. Let's play one of his great songs right now. Songs are available on YouTube and Spotify. This is going to be the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song, sang none other than Sam Scola. Let's go ahead and play that great tune right now. Thousand for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. Classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Jeff G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely don't forget to get that great sauce at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. And definitely don't forget to visit him at 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. So definitely get yourself some great sauce. So we're going to go ahead and get the show started. And we're going to go ahead and bring on one of our great, great callers. Let's back. Let's. Do that right now. We'll bring them on right now. Hey, how you doing, Lou? Okay, Alan. I thought for a minute there we were all in trouble, <laughs> but we're here. Yeah, we had we had a little technical difficulties. Uh, trying to do the blog talk and the stream yard live, and one of the things wasn't jiving. And yeah, it was something simple. I, I inadvertently had the mute button on, <laughs> but I realized it too late. Oh, well, I'm I'm back. Be <laughs> you know, yeah. but at least I noticed it at the beginning of the show, not at the very end of the show. 
you know, but I am here. Yeah. I'm glad I That's saw right. that you called. I'm glad you called back. Persistence pays off. So, yeah, how you been? What would you think about the Super Bowl? You know, for a game that started out slower than a, slower than two slots that crossing the road, uh, it actually picked up in the second half. And, you know, it kind of reminds you of, like, uh, let's say the uh, Bills-Chiefs uh, championship game from the previous season. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it, it did start off real slow. Both teams were yeah. uncharacteristically sloppy. You know, I will say that much on both sides. Christian McCaffrey had that yeah. fumble. Pacheco had that fumble. A lot of silly penalties. It seemed like guys were kind of jacked up emotionally. And I didn't expect that from the Chiefs. I was more surprised with the Chiefs than I was the 49ers. I was surprised with the 49ers yeah. too, but I think I was a little bit more surprised with the Chiefs because they've been there before. Yes. Well, so the 49ers, but not in quite a lot. Right. I mean, you know, definitely the more versed team I felt was the Chiefs. And they, when they yeah. were making silly penalties, I, I was a little bit surprised. Like, hey, you should know better. This is your third time in the Super Bowl. Yes. You know, you should know better. Well, I, but, I think the biggest blunder of all was, you know, during the coin flip for overtime. It was just like lost. They didn't know what to do. Uh, what were the rules again? Uh, I forgot. They explained it as the, as the coin was being tossed, and you don't know what it was. No wonder you lost the game, first of all. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you. I, that was very disappointing to find out that the guys well, didn't know the rules. Forget all this extra stuff. Just go back to the original sudden death that we don't do any of this confusion stuff. Just go back to the way it was. And you know what? I, I don't really think it was a problem. I actually, I actually liked the way the rules were, where both teams yeah. get to possess the football. I didn't like it before where the team who wins the flip goes down and gets a field goal. And the team that wins the flip, if they go down and score the touchdown, the game is over. I like the rule better this way. I blame the 49ers for not being prepared, not knowing the rule in the postseason. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable in my, my view. That is unacceptable. Is. You know, you lost. Yeah, that, that was, I would say, which I'm going to discuss a bit later in the show, that was one big part, but there was a lot of reasons why the 49ers lost yeah. the game. It wasn't just that. It, that was a big blunder, but it wasn't just that, actually, believe it or not. The mm. rules thing, I totally agree with you, Lou. I was shocked. I was shocked in the regard where you think a guy as great of a coach as Mike Shanahan would have discussed this with his team and had this already laid out. Yeah. The, the Chiefs were playing chess and the 49ers were playing checkers. It was very clear. Not only did the Chiefs know the rules, they had already researched and already knew if the what if scenario. If the 49ers do this, we're going to do this. If they do this, we're going to do that. They were well past them, not just knowing, they already knew everything they were going to do A, B, C, and D. And, and then if you look at Mahomes, he looked shocked that they took the ball. Did you did you know that? Yeah, I kind of noticed that. He looked absolutely shocked. Like he in meeting the translation of shock was, "I'm giving you more credit than you than I should be." Like I thought you were smarter than that. You know, like that kind of looked like you know. you, you're going to take the ball. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
it, it was a lot of things that happened, and I felt as if that was a big blunder. I put that really on the coaching staff. Yes, the players are professionals, and they should know the rules, but you as a coach should not only tell them the rule, you should explain your thought process as to what you're going to do so that they can buy into that too. You understand? The players yeah. should know your thought process if they score touchdown. If we score a touchdown, this is what we're going to do. If they score a touchdown, this is what we're going to do. Because the Chiefs were going to go for two. And even Mahomes said, he probably shouldn't say this, but if they scored a touchdown, meaning the 49ers, they were going to go for a two-point conversion to win the game. And we're not going to play for the tie. No. At that stage of the game, you do not play for the tie. You know what? That's That's really gutsy. That's gutsy because – you know, remember a two-point conversion in the NFL is not an easy play. Yeah, I mean, you could do no, it, both. but it's not a it's remember, not a shoe in. Yes, but remember one thing: no guts, no glory. No guts, no glory. And you're basically putting the game on that play because if you don't convert it, you lose the game, and the game's over. Right. Right. So, but that's the Chiefs, man. You got to give them credit. They I they do. guts. They now, got remember, this never would have happened if the extra point was missed. So uh, never, yeah, that's another enough. blunder they missed. There was another blunder. The 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 two fumbles. I mean, you had the one fumble, and then you had the kick yep. where he touched his foot. You had the Dre Greenlaw injury. That was big oh, too. Yeah. Yes. Just too many, too many mistakes. Too many mistakes. Brock Purdy. I thought he played very good. But he yes. missed Debo Samuel in the end zone. He missed him. Mr. Relevant lives. Yeah, I, I thought he played very good and, and I don't think I don't think the forty ers lost because of him. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. just call him like they try to put him down. I'll say it again. The forty ers did not lose against the Chiefs because of Brock Purdy. They lost because collectively they made too many mistakes. Too many yes. to overcome. Too many to overcome and beat a team as great as the Chiefs. But, yeah. You, boy. Yeah, I mean, it's – that is something, though. They had uh, – Yeah. That's something. But you know what else is something? I know you got something good cooking for tomorrow. What do you got oh, cooking? Yeah, All right, well – First, before I do that, you know, with also the victory also comes the tragedy of the of the shooting that happened. That I mean, it's supposed to be a joyous event, and then somebody had to go ruin it. All because two idiots were fighting in, you know, and 23 people got caught in the crossfire. I mean, it's supposed to be an enjoyable celebration, and look what it turned into. Yeah, my thoughts and prayers go out to the victims, the people who are affected. It was an unfortunate death. Glad you brought that up, Lou. It's really, it's really sad. It really is. Because yeah. first of all, you're supposed to be going out there to celebrate. That's the reason why their parade is there. For you to celebrate as a city and a state, your team won the Super Bowl. Something that does not happen and is not a guarantee next year or no. the year after or whenever. Why are you bringing your guns with you, first and foremost? I can understand you get into an right. argument with somebody there, but why are you bringing your guns? Right. That's the problem. Like, People bringing these guns. Where, where are they getting the guns anyway? Yeah, like, okay, 
you're going to a parade. Hey, let me make sure I bring my wallet from spending money and, you know, my debit card. And, oh, yeah, let me bring my phone and let me also bring that Glock, too. Come on, man. Come on. Like, really? Come on. With all yeah, that security. Just, yeah, just kick him in where it hurts and then I'll down shut him up. That's what I got to do. That's what I would do. And what's sad about that is that I can't really say I'm surprised because no. usually when there's public, you know, parades, rallies, movie theaters, schools, where there's a lot of mass of public people, especially like a celebration like this, a parade, people look for the biggest audience. That's unfortunate. They yeah. look for, for, they look for those opportunities, parades, rallies, where there's large groups of people. Yeah. It's just sad. It really is sad. But props to, even if you're not a fan of, of Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes, I give them a lot of credit and also yeah. Taylor Swift because I saw where Pat Mahomes and his wife, they went to the hospital to visit some of the people that was injured during the rally, the during the parade, I should say, and they also donated a large amount of money, both the you know Patrick Mahomes and his wife, as well as Taylor Swift. So props to them. You know, it's not their obligation, but that's really cool for them to do that. You know, that is. You know, I know they're rich, but they're, but they're not obligated to to do anything. And the fact that they did, that's really kind and really cool of them. So props yeah. to the both. In fact, let me give them a, a round of applause for that. Yeah, that's sad. So, it really is sad. Yeah. So that note for tomorrow's show, yes, we'll cover all the Super Bowl of the Super Bowl recap. That means uh, the game itself, uh, the commercials, another thing they're at home about, um, the halftime show. Uh, we'll also take a look at any uh, late NBA trades that came available. Uh, we'll take a, a quick look at the NBA All-Star game for Sunday and maybe uh, discuss if there's any of the other events that went on during the weekend. Um, we'll also look at the divisions for uh, Major League Baseball as spring training is not being opened up, so we'll take care of that. Uh, NHL, of course, college basketball, especially among the women's, in hint. Uh, also, uh, NASCAR, because Daytona is Sunday, and I got an expert on that as well. And, of course, the usual, the usual features. The Ridiculous Side of the Week, Sports Trivia, This Week in Sports History, and the Feel Good Story of the Week. And, of course, your thoughts and comments are always welcome. And, hey, new callers, uh, we can use some of you, too. Yeah. Just keep your, just keep your opinions brief and to the point. Uh, so call 512-543-4662 between tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. That's Eastern Time, people, not 4 or 6 in uh, Hawaii uh, Eastern Time, but 4 or 6 here on the East Coast. Because don't think it's that way anyway. <laughs> Once again, yep, 512-543-4662. And we're here all year round. We don't just do it during football season. We're here all year round, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so, yeah, folks, that number to call Lou is 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662. And you can reach him on the Enhanced Sports Show right there on YouTube. Just mm-hmm. type in Enhanced Sports Show. And that's between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard well, to Time Zone tomorrow. First. Go to YouTube first. Then type it in. 
but type it in exactly as I said it. Otherwise, you don't get squat. Yeah, that's right. Definitely make sure you go ahead and check out Lou, 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. And I'm going to do the very best I can to call in and talk to Lou like I usually do. I will say, though, it might be a little tough. And the reason being, because as you mentioned, Daytona is tomorrow. It actually Sunday. is just started, started, it started Thursday, but I am going to be at Daytona oh, Beach it. tomorrow. I'm going to be at Daytona Beach. I'm leaving either real late tonight or early in the morning, but I'm scheduled to be there Saturday and Sunday. Now, I'm glad you brought that up, Lou, because I am praying it does not rain on Sunday. And it's been forecasted to. It might rain tomorrow. It might rain tomorrow. I am praying and praying and praying it does it does not rain because well, it's going to be tough. I could probably make it Monday if they move it back a day. But if they make it to Tuesday, I am out. I cannot cannot. Right. I would have to get a, a refund. And for those fans who don't know, I did already check into it. If you can't make it for the rescheduled date, they will give you credit for another future race. But there is no refund. <laughs> I, I was, gonna be no refund. You know, no refund. So you got to keep your eye on the weather, keep your eye on the updates as they come in. That's why tonight's race, the ARCA race is tonight instead of tomorrow. So already by me being there tomorrow, I'm already missing a race because it's going to, it got pushed to tonight, late tonight. But uh-huh. I just pray, yeah. I pray it doesn't rain. You're supposed to have Dwayne the Rock Johnson supposed to be the Grand Marshal. You're supposed to have DJ Khaled as the as the um, the starter, and you're supposed to have Pitbull performing on Sunday. So I am praying it does not rain on Sunday. So we will see. We will see. So pray, pray that it doesn't rain Sunday and Saturday, but definitely. Yeah. That's the only reason why I may not be able to make it tomorrow, but I will definitely try. 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662, folks. So look forward to that. Make sure you speak, call in and speak to Lou. All right, Alan. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome, Lou. Appreciate you. You have a great weekend. You too. Thank you so much. Yeah, so as I was saying, folks, I'm really hoping that it does not rain Saturday and Sunday because I am going to be there, Daytona 500. I'm going to go out there and do the very best I can. Rain, you know, I'm not going to say rain. No matter what happens, I'm going out there to do my very best to give you behind-the-scenes action, have a fun time, meet some great people, let the spirit take me where it should and put me in the right place and play it by ear and see how it goes. And I'm going to get back on the Super Bowl a bit more, but I did want to kind of touch on that, that I am going to be in Daytona both Saturday and Sunday. If it gets pushed back a day, maybe Monday, but Tuesday is out. Tuesday is out. And so I'm going to keep you guys posted on that. I'm ready, locked, loaded, and ready to go. But, yeah, it should be a great, great weekend. Awesome, man. Fantastic weekend. Got speaking into existence. But I wanted to tell you guys about a great event I had went to Thursday night. 
And that was right here. They show it on the screen. The 2024 Governor's Ball. It was February 15, right there, George M. W. Steinbrenner Field, Tampa, Florida. 2024 Governor's Ball dinner. Governor 2024 Governor's Baseball dinner. Man, this this event was spectacular. It was first class. The pictures are up there on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show Facebook page. You can also see them right there on Instagram. Probably Facebook is the best bet because I have over 70 pictures there. I took pictures at the event. People saw my camera and they asked me to take pictures of them. So if you do, you were there and you wanted some pictures or you want to see what happened, visit the Facebook page because that you can upload quite a bit more pictures than you can on Instagram. Instagram is 10. But yeah, and that event was classy. It was awesome. I mean, I knew it was going to be a spectacular event because as soon as I walked in, literally not even two minutes after I walked in, before I even got to the the actual venue, I was outside making sure I was making the right turn to the right because to the right, you can go up a stairway. To the left, there's things behind like the gift stop. Lo and behold, when I was getting near there, right around the corner, here comes Tina Martinez right into me, literally right there. And (laughs) I was like, man, I wasn't even there two minutes. And we talked, and it was cool. I actually walked them all the way to the entrance. It was a good 10-minute walk. And not only that, you know, we we actually talked about the Super Bowl. I said, hey, what would you think about the Super Bowl? And he was hoping that the Tino Martinez was hoping that the 49ers won the Super Bowl. He said that Mahomes is fantastic. He's just, uh, you know, an awesome football player. And But he was really – he was disappointed. You could tell that the 49ers didn't win. And I'll get more into the event as, you know, a bit moment. But since he brought up the 49ers, I told him the same thing. I said, the 49ers made too many mistakes collectively as a team. You know, I even got it here. The first thing that was really hurt the 49ers, they were driving very well the football. They were moving the ball extremely well when they first got the ball. And then, unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey put the ball on the ground. As much of a baller he is, but that really hurt because I think that play hurt more so than them scoring six points and getting extra point. The reason why I say I think that hurt more is because of momentum. You had great momentum. You got a younger quarterback. That would have uplifted the teams, not only momentum, their confidence in everything. So I thought that play was bigger than the points that they lost. I really did. That was unfortunate. That was a big mistake. Now, fortunately for the 49ers, Pacheco gave the ball back, but I still feel as if that wasn't a like, okay, turnover versus turnover. I felt as if the 49ers were really, really controlling things and moving the ball offensively, whereas the 49, whereas the Chiefs at that time was really struggling. Had they went ahead and scored, they probably would have got two scores, maybe even two touchdowns and a field goal, before Kansas City kind of got got into the groove. That's where it really hurt. And that opportunity was a big factor in this how this game played out. So that was a mistake there. Then the 49ers made a lot of uncharacteristic penalties. A lot of penalties, holding penalties where to put them in, you know, second and forever, third and forever. And they went three and out too many times doing that. 
A lot of mistakes in that regard. I thought the Dre Greenwall injury was something that really hurt them too. Yes, you put somebody else next man up, but they're not Dre Greenwall. Like you still had a good player, but that hurt the 49ers too. Then you go further. Another thing was that the kick ball hits his foot. Someone goes in and turns it over, gives Mahomes a short field. That's when they score. It's just, it was, that was another thing that hurt them. Another thing was that block punt that hurt. Then Brock, you know, he played very good, but he did miss a couple of vital throws. He missed Debo Samuel and a touchdown. He had that step. Another thing that did happen was you let Chris Jones go unabated to the quarterback and you let him go unabated to the side of the field that Brock Purdy was going to throw the ball to. So the only way he's going to get the ball past Chris Jones, who never left his feet, which is the right play, was if he did a Mahomes-type sidearm play. And that's just asking Brock Purdy to do too much. So that was another missed opportunity. You let literally the pass rusher, the best pass rusher the Chiefs have, go unabated to the quarterback. Another mistake. So I know a lot of people like to diss Brock Purdy. The 49ers did not lose this game because of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy actually played a very good game. Played a a very, very good game, especially being it's his first Super Bowl. It's a big stage. You can get a lot very nervous. He stood the course. Played a very, very good game. The team did not lose because of Brock Purdy. They lost because they made too many mistakes. The 49ers made way too many mistakes. And should the 49ers should have won this game? Yeah. Yeah. You had you had an opportunity to win the game. You know, you had you had opportunities to win this game. As great as Patrick Mahomes played, the key to success was the 49ers should have not let this game get that close. I was saying it for the last two weeks. The Chiefs are gonna win by three points. It's gonna be a very close, tight contested game, which eventually once both teams got it out of system, their bad play, the jitters, whatever you want to call it, we finally got to the game that we expected to see, which I definitely expect to see a tight contested game. And the 49ers blew it. And then we're not even talking about that overtime play. 49ers were playing checkers. The Chiefs were playing chess. Even though the ref said the rules, you can't, you cannot make decisions as vital as a Super Bowl, whether you're going to go for, you're going to keep the ball, you're going to kick it, you're going to go for three, you're going to go for seven, you're going to go for seven and a, a six and the two-point conversion. You can't make those decisions on the fly, on the moment. You have to kind of think those things through, discuss it with the team, rehearse it, explain why, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it so that everybody's on board Everybody knows the thought process behind it, and then you move forward and you execute. Pacheco stole the line from me, the five piece of life. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. The 49ers were not prepared. And I think that's a good thing that the 49ers brought it up because this shows you the root of some of the issues that Shanahan has. You're not thinking past the moment on hand. You, your players got to know the rules. You got to discuss this. You can't win the Super Bowl just on 
having great lineup and great talent. You got to do more than just have talent. You got to be thinking outside the box. You can't be playing checkers while they're playing chess. And that's what happened. So any surprises in this game? The question is, yes, there were some surprises. I felt as if both teams were uncharismatic and very shaky in the beginning. It took us a while to get to that point of them getting to what we know. But, yeah, the surprises were definitely the early poor start for both teams, you know, with mental errors, penalties, things of that nature. Surprise, too, was the fact that the 49ers were so underprepared. That was a surprise to me. I, I, you know, and the 49ers firing – Steve Wilkes, that's just a scapegoat to me. They did not lose because of Steve Wilkes, too. The defense was exceptional. You cannot expect you to score no points. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL. And you got Andy Reid, the best coach, best tight end. And you're going to tell me you're going to keep him scoreless for the entire game? Yeah, that was scapegoat. That was scope move. The blame lies solely on the coaching staff in particular. You know, Shanahan, you know, I, I like him as a coach. I actually gave him a lot of respect, but I see that this, there was, there was some holes in that ship and it's disappointing for the 49ers because, you know, you sent your whole staff there. You were, you, you know, from all intents and purposes, you were coming in there well prepared to win. And that was not the case. So yes, Steve Wilkes, that was a scapegoat move. In my opinion, that's actually going to make the team, I think worse because now you're going to have a new coach in there. It takes a bit of time to get adjusted to somebody, and I just don't see anybody doing a better job than still Steve Wilkes in that short of a period of time where it would be next year. So several of the 49 players didn't know the overtime rules. That's extremely disappointing, and I blame that on the coach. I, yes, you're a professional, but they should have talked about it. They should have had discussions about this. And I will share my thoughts on the Chiefs repeating. You know, that's one of the reasons why I really feel bad for what really happened out in Kansas City and families and people who was affected because I think things like these, you know, tragedies like this, yes, you can heal, you can get better. But sometimes it's just a mental wear and tear on your brain when you're trying to continue to be number one. Tragedy doesn't help the situation. It just brings an aura of negativity that that's another thing that you have to deal with. So if you would have told me before the parade, would they three-peat? I would say they were my odds on favorite by far. I think this incident does change the mentals of people. It's a tragedy. It gets people thinking that maybe, hey, is it is it really worth this? You know, sometimes people think those things when you're on top. You know, it, the mind can can wander. And I've been in that position, so I could tell you, this doesn't help. I know Mahomes is going to be ready. I know Chris Jones and Andy Reid and quite a few, but I don't know if, if this would be something that would would be uniform throughout the whole team. I do feel as if if they can mentally get past this incident, this tragedy, this really unfortunate tragedy. Yes, I do think the 
the Chiefs can three-peat, see anybody that's really going to give them a serious contention for it next year. I really just don't because I know the Chiefs are going to fix some of the holes they have, and that's they're going to probably pick up another great wide receiver, and they probably will pick up another running back. Not that Pacheco ain't bowling out, but to help Pacheco, you know, kind of like a one-two punch. I see the Chiefs in, improving. So, yeah, if if they're able to get past this unfortunate tragedy and stay super motivated, yeah, I do think the Chiefs can three-peat. And, I, in fact, I'm, I'm picking them to, to go ahead and win it a third year in a row. I think it's going to be the first time in 30-plus years. So I do have the Chiefs, unless something changes radically, and, unfortunately, that tragedy could be something, but, if they're able to get their mind right, I see them winning a third year in a row. And speaking of rules, you got to know the rules. And the rules are now out. We're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about the UFL in a few moments. But I did want to finalize and finish up on the event for the Governor's Baseball Dinner. Man, that event was spectacular. You had Tina Martinez, as I mentioned, the first person I saw when I came in. And then, you know, I saw Wade Boggs. I didn't get a chance to take a picture of Wade Boggs. He was talking about a bar, but I saw him there. He usually stays there the whole night, but he didn't. He might have had a prior engagement. But Wade Boggs was there. Rob Manfred was there, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. A lot of friends that I've seen from, you know, there was a friend from the UF, the XFL, the Guardians, was there. <laughs> you know, some great people from the Tampa Museum was there that I usually see. Somebody even recognized me there. So it was just a, it was just an outstanding event, real classy. The New York Yankees did a wonderful job. The venue was gorgeous. It was classy. The food was great. Music, entertainment, the class of people. Man, and you guys got to check out those pictures on Facebook. If you need additional pictures, please just message me. You know, me, I have no problem sharing pictures. It's just that sometimes the only issue I have with pictures of sharing is sending you the large file. Sometimes I have to, it has to be, uh, you know, I have to get a little creative in that regard, but it's awesome. And call in and let's take another call. Welcome to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing? This is Josh. Hey, long time no seek. How you been? I've been all right. You know how it goes, man. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I know you've been busy. So I'm glad you called in and so glad to hear from you. So I got to get your thoughts. What did you think about the Super Bowl? Mm. Yeah, it kind of it, it played out, uh, I would say, the way I figured it would, but not the way I wanted to. I uh, figured it would be, you know, a game for unders, slow game, defensive game. And I, I kind of was rooting for the 49ers, man. I wanted them to pull it out. But they, they just they just left way too much on the table, man. Going into halftime with that 10-3 lead, uh, that, that to me was the, that was the story right there. They had opportunities. They didn't capitalize, kick field goals. And eventually that man is going to get you. If you don't take him out, he's going to run you down. <laughs> so salute to the great Pat Mahomes. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I felt that the the only way the 49ers had a real legitimate shot is if they got two, three, four scores on Pat Mahomes. Because if it came down to a close game, there was no way that the that the 49ers were going to win the game. There's no way. And Christian McCaffrey even said it himself that they they shot themselves in the foot too many times. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, the interesting thing, and I, I wonder how much we'll see of this next year, was I know other teams don't have corners like the Chiefs, but the decision to just say, hey, we'll go cover zero and cover one and play man on the outside, and we don't think Brock Purdy and company can make enough plays. And they were right. They were right. You know, they were right. I, I just thought the 49ers, the way that they, they didn't run the ball, I felt, enough in the beginning of the game. They gave Christian McCaffrey the ball towards the end of the game a lot. But I was watching the game, and I was even screaming at the screen, like, run the ball. Give You got the number one offensive player. Like, I felt like they were trying to, to make Brock Purdy the hero and make him back there throw 30-plus times a game. And – like you said, they got great corners on the Chiefs. That's not their strength. They needed to run the ball more, I felt, to set up those those passes. Yeah, it's it just with everybody sitting in your lap and, and, you know, them just all out blitzing you, it's hard to get those rush lanes that they're used to. And, and ultimately, it's kind of – they were disrespecting Purdy to a certain degree and also Shanahan because I think he should have given uh, Brock better blitz beaters some more slant stuff to deal with the man coverage. And I, I don't think Kyle, I don't think that was his best moment either. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's just a lot to second guess when it comes to that game. But, yeah. man, for the Chiefs to pull this out, crew, and I think we're all assuming that they're going to come back with better receivers next year. So it doesn't get any easier, man. No, I, I agree. I I have the Chiefs winning again. I mean, I know that this unfortunate incident might mentally, you know, kind of put a damper on a lot of things, but I just think I don't see how they – I know they're going to add, like you said, another receiver or two. They're going to fix – the. it was pretty obvious they were hurting in the receiver department. They're going to fix that next year. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're going to definitely show that up. I, I think they're going to yeah. get a three, three in a row. I don't see another team, including the 49ers, I, I just don't see it because I don't think that the 49ers, I think they're really mentally deflated after this because this is the second time in four years that they lost the Super Bowl. I, I mean, right. And, and that group has been through so much from the like catastrophic injuries to the quarterback, you know, carousel and, you know, the making trades. Like, this is a really talented group. And when it comes down to it, they hold themselves to a championship standard and they won't have anything to show for it after, you know, all of these years, all of these big plays and, you know, great records. Yeah, this is, I don't know, this is, this is a really tough time for the 49ers. But, I mean, hey, you got Brock, he's still young. Uh, you got him on a cheap contract. <laughs> I'm assuming that you're bringing the band back. So, you know, they, they got a shot. But I'm with you. I, I would lean more KC than anything because when you have – a defense like that with a Pat Mahomes, this is, you know, the early Patriots formula. And I, I just think they're just going to constantly build on, on what they already have. I agree. And they definitely have the number one quarterback in the league. 
Yes, there's guys that have a stronger arm than him. Yes, there's guys that are faster than him. But when you put together everything he puts on the field, his IQ, his football IQ, his awareness, I thought those two big plays, the fourth and one, and when he ran for like, you know, 17 yards, I thought those two big plays were the back break, the back that, the, the plays that broke the 49ers back right there. Those two big plays. Yeah, I agree. Hey, and you know, everybody started playing that cover too high and dropping the safeties and deciding they're going to make Pat dink and dunk, kind of adjusted to that now. So, you know, <laughs> you might going to have to come up with some other strategy for this, man. But uh, I got to yeah. run, man. I just wanted to call in real quick and say what's up. I'm glad you did. I'm really glad. I'm so glad to hear from you and definitely glad to hear your perspective on the 49ers and the Chiefs and the game. Always, you're always welcome. My pleasure. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You the same. Likewise. Have a great weekend. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate you. Yeah, so that's awesome. Definitely. Yeah, I, I disagree. I just, I know a lot of people wanted a 49ers to win. Even Tino Martinez, who I ran into at the uh, at the governor's baseball dinner, wanted the 49ers to win. They took the entire staff. That is just unprecedented to the Super Bowl. And I felt as if it was laid out for the 49ers. But I just felt throughout the two weeks that I felt the Chiefs were going to win this game by three points. Because I just didn't see a blowout from either side. I just didn't see either team running away with this game. Even though I felt like the 49ers had more firepower, I just didn't see it. I just felt Andy Reid, his defense was too good. They were not going to run away with it. They were playing sloppy on both sides, but eventually we did get to that game. And if you get, and that's all you have to do, as great as Patrick Mahone is, if you make the game close towards the end, you are not going to win. It's just very simple. The only way I felt that the 49ers had a chance of winning that game as if a fluke turnover happened, a, you know, where it hit somebody's ha- fingers right in the hands, it's, which we've seen, bounce off the hands and somebody gets the easy pick. That, Besides that, that was the only way I felt as if the 49ers had a chance to come back and win that game. Outside of that, I was like, you know what? Pat Mahomes is going to go ahead. Patrick Mahomes is going to go ahead and close the deal on this because he really wanted to win this Super Bowl. He was hungry, and he showed on the field that he was hungry. You know, some people give lip service that they're hungry. No, nah, he was he was he wanted to win that that ring because he knows that if he wants to catch Tom Brady, he had to win this ring. It was very clear that if you did not win this ring, you still are going to be considered a great player and amongst one of the and still a great quarterback in the league, the greatest quarterback in the league, but that would have hurt his legacy as far as him catching Brady had he not cashed this one in. So I could tell he was hungry. He was motivated. And I just don't see, I don't see the 49ers coming back to the same position they were this year. I really don't. I just think that team is going to be too depleted. Mentally, it's hard to come over two Super Bowl losses. And a lot of the team was there. Chris McCaffrey wasn't there, but even he was taking hard. You just, these are just things mentally ups and downs and, and they are going to have that Mahomes, you know, terrorizing them where if the game is close, those flashbacks. And I think it hurt the 49ers much more because, you know, they had a chance to really win a Super Bowl when they faced the Eagles had Brock Purdy not get hurt. They always had that what if 
Well, you had no what if in this this situation. Brock Purdy was 100% healthy. And top of that, everybody was 100% healthy. And you added Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was not on that team where he they got hurt. You added Christian McCaffrey. So, and it's just, it's just, it's it's tough to be a 49ers fan right now. It is. They had opportunities to win the game, and they just found a way to lose the game. You know, you two turnovers, Dre Greenwald gets hurt, not knowing the rules in overtime, which meant that you're kind of reactive on your decision-making rather than proactive because you didn't already have this thing already worked out in your mind and with the team to make a, a decision right then and there on the fly. It's too big of a moment. Yes, the ref gave you the rules, but that's not sufficient enough. Rule, I mean, I was just reading the UFL rules, and yes, it's more than just the overtime, but you really have to kind of talk about these rules, discuss them with somebody, and kind of role play a little bit to really understand it. Knowing a rule is one thing, understanding it is another, because then you, when you really understand something, you, could, you kind of replay the what ifs. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I were to do this and they were to do that? When you replay that in your head, that's when you really understand if you have all those answers. So you got to know the rules. You can't be playing checkers and your opponent playing chess, because if that's the case, you're going to lose every single time. And I think this is what Kyle Shanahan should do. We should say, you know what? I got to be better. I got to make sure I do not overlook any detail. Even if I have a monster staff, monster, you know, you know, have monster guys on my team. I have to roster. The roster is stacked. I still got to prepare. And being prepared is knowing the rules. Speaking of rules, we're going to switch gears and talk about the new rules for the UFL. That's right. The UFL has some new rules. And the rules that I were really cool, what I really love about the, the rules is that they have that double forward pass and the ball cannot pass the line of scrimmage. So similar to what the 49ers did to score, you can do that type of play in the UFL. And you don't have to throw it even or behind. It doesn't have to be a lateral pass. You can actually throw it ahead of the guy. It doesn't have to be behind him. It doesn't have to be equal or behind him. You can even throw it ahead of him, but you cannot pass the line of scrimmage. So that's the thing. You could have somebody in the flap going to the left. You could throw it to the guy, and <laughs> he could catch it, and he could throw it to someone. You know, it's a double forward pass. But those are the plays that you guys need to practice on, especially if you want to be successful. I'm going to give you the, what you need to be successful. Right here on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk Show, I'm going to give you the coach's plays playbook of what you need to do if you want to be successful in the UFL 2024 season i'm going to give it to you right now number one practice that double forward pass have about four or five packages with that in your repertoire number one check that box number two make sure you have about 10 to 12 plays that is from the five yard line the 10 yard line and you know closer the reason why you want to do that is because if you want to be successful in the UFL, kind of like the XFL, 
you have to practice those goal line in the 10-yard line, the 5, and the 2-yard line. You have to practice that because that is your bread and butter. You can go for a 3-point conversion, 2-point, or 1-point. You have to research those plays and make sure you know them well because you will not do well if you don't know those plays and not just know them, practice them. Having said that, we're going to go ahead and bring another great caller on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk Show. Do that right now. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking about yourself. How you doing, Diane? Good. Awesome. So, always great to hear from you. That is fantastic to hear from you. What did you think about the Super Bowl? It was good. I liked it. Okay. So, you liked it. And anything surprised you? Uh, yeah, the beginning when it was a zero zero time for a while. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I did think it was going to be a close game, but I did think somebody was going to at least have some type of, you know, fortune going their way. But uh, they yeah. eventually did get there and, and the game was exciting once it got past like the halfway mark. And yep. most importantly, your girl won Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> she won. I mean, she was a nervous wreck, along with a lot of fans from both sides. Yep. But yeah, you you were happy for Taylor. Oh, of course. <laughs> You're Swifty there. Yeah, you know what? It did not surprise me. I I felt as if the Chiefs were going to win a close game by three points. It. It surprised me in the beginning, just to, to your point, where it took so long for somebody to score, and they were both playing sloppy in the beginning, but it did not surprise me in the ending. I felt as if the Chiefs were going to win a three-point game, and they did. Yep. But your girl won, so. Yeah. What's your thoughts about the unfortunate tragedy that happened there in the, the parade? It's bad. It really shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it is. You're right. You know, prayers go out to all uh, the victims there. And yep. That was nice to Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes to donate money to the the victims of the shooting. That was really, really nice of them to do that. They're not obligated to do that. I thought it was really nice of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's. I know it's awesome to hear from you and and make sure you guys call in tomorrow, the Enhanced Sports Show, 512-543-4662, 512-543-4662. I'm going to try my best. I told Lou to call in, but I'm actually going to be in Daytona covering the Daytona 500 this weekend. So I will try, but I can't make any promises. Mm-hmm. But I will do my very best to call in and hear from you guys. You might hear some car racing in the background. That's how you're going to know I'm really legit that I was at the Daytona 500. Okay. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't rain, too. <laughs> yep. Or snow. I know, right? Whew. And yeah. I'm praying that I'm praying that it does not rain. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll find out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's so great for you to call in and brighten up our day here. At the Ellen Alvarez Sports Talk Show, I really tremendously appreciate you. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you. you. Have a, you're welcome. You have a blessed weekend and take good care of yourself. Always fantastic to hear from you. Yep. You too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care for now. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye now. Bye. That's so awesome to hear from Diane. Wow, that's awesome. You guys will put me in a great mood for the Daytona 500. You guys pray that it don't rain because I, oh man, because I could probably make it Monday, but I'm really trying not to. I'm really hoping that they get those races in. It doesn't rain. For those who don't know, Sunday, you're supposed to have The Rock. Dwayne Johnson supposed to be the Grand Marshal. The starter supposed to be DJ Khaled. The pre-race concert is Pitbull, and you know your boy Alan Alford got to be there. Got to be sunny. I got to get that picture. Got to get that autograph. Got to do something because <laughs> you don't get those opportunities. So I'm praying that it goes without rain. I am going to be there first thing tomorrow, so I'm going to be there tomorrow and give you guys a report of what's going on, how things look. I'm I'm actually supposed to be at one of the VIP events there that I, I'm already ready to go. I'm just hoping that the weather cooperates and it's going to be a great time. I'm going to make the most of it. going to meet a lot of people there that I know. You can't control Mother Nature, so you just got to make the most of the opportunity that you get when you're there. So I'm excited about it. But yes, the UFL rules... You got to read those rules at theufl.com. You got to make sure you understand the rules, not just know them. You got to understand, hey, if this happens, the what if. What if this happens, can I do this? What if that happens? That's what you got to understand when you're talking about rules. So make sure you go ahead and check that out, theufl.com. And while you're there, you can pick up the new, brand new, UFL official football. It's there on the UFL website. I'm going to order one of those myself. Uh, you know, I actually love the fact that Daryl Johnson, aka the Moose, did a behind the scenes video at the factory of them making the football. I love behind the scenes factory. And in fact, I don't want to spoil a surprise for you guys, but something is brewing real soon. For you to get a behind-the-scenes video of a nice, great, cool place I'm going to go to. More to come on that in the next show, too. But, yeah, I love behind-the-scenes. And you know how I know that? Because I went to the UofL Slugger Museum in Louisville, Kentucky, which is really awesome. If you guys love baseball, love things to see, if you're in Louisville, Kentucky, go see the UofL Slugger Museum. Really cool, very educational brings you through the history of how the bats got started you know fast forward to today they have competition you know you have the sand bat maple bats you have different options but the louisville slugger is still in business there so yeah i love to see that there is another great fact i'm trying to go to and that's going to be brewing too so i don't want to spoil that surprise but yes we got a lot of things going that 2024 Governor's Baseball Dinner was awesome. And I just wanted to say, too, make sure you get that UFL football. A.J. McCarron is back playing for the UFL Battle Hawks. I wanted to talk about that. You know, 
I think AJ McCarron made the right decision. He made the absolutely right decision to go back to play for the St. Louis Battlehawks. And what's going to happen is this. In the NFL, you're going to be a backup to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's coming back. It made no sense for you to sit there and just hold the clipboard and beat it back up when you have the St. Louis Battlehawks where it's going to be at least 90 95%, if not 100%, sold out. You're going to be Fox, ABC, starting quarterback. And I'm going to talk more about the starting quarterback, but that's just an opportunity that you just don't get. Yes, it is a bummer that they don't – in the new league, according to what A.J. McCarron said, not my words, A.J. McCarron, because of the union dues, the cut in pay, guys are getting $1,600 a month, which is, you know, just be real, it's not enough to support, especially living in Dallas, Texas. It's just not a lot enough to support that. And what that happens is you're basically paying to play. What I mean by you're paying to play is, yes, you get $1,600, but let's say you're $800 in arrear every month or five or $600 in arrear. You're basically paying five or $600 every month to play. That's what I mean by that. You're really paying more than that because you're losing money. I know AJ McCarron signed that big contract back in a day, but yeah, you got to play. You got to play unless you're going to hang up the cleats. There isn't a better opportunity than playing for St. Louis Battlehawks, at least right now. You got to play. I'm glad he came around, which I predicted he was going to play. I think that once the emotion of the disappointment of people not playing, you know, Borgies and the pay structure, I think at the end of the day, you're going to play in front of a sold-out stadium or you're going to hang up your cleats because there isn't a plan B that's better. So he did the right thing. I'm proud of A.J. McCarron. I'm glad I'm going to see him on the field. So big props to A.J. McCarron. He deserves a round of applause for re-signing with the UFL Battlehawks. That's the right decision. And I say starting quarterback, you know, somebody who else signed with them, and that is Brandon Silver signed with the UFL Battlehawks too. So somebody's already trying to buy and get the position. You got to figure that A.J. McCarron's going to have the leg up to get the starting job. But Brandon Silver's is right there. So congratulations to Brandon Silver's too. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. How this all plays out. Get yourself the UFL football at UFL, the UFL.com. If you haven't done so already. And training camp is due to start next week. There is also another great thing that's happening with the UFL is there is a couple of meet and greets that is tomorrow, 17th and 18th. So make sure you visit the UFL.com to see those locations. And you can also follow me on Instagram. I usually post them up, so definitely do that, and you'll get a chance to keep up to date. I usually post a lot about the UFL, so make sure you do that there. Make sure you subscribe to the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Make sure you subscribe at YouTube, Allen Alfred, and Facebook, Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. So it's going to be awesome. And... Instagram to Alan Alford, Twitter at Alan Alford. 
So I'm going to talk about Tiger in a few moments, but I definitely wanted to go ahead and say a moment of silence and prayers to, you know, UFF, USF, Alexis, Buckman, and, you know, she's a softball player. She passed away after a two-year battle with brain cancer. You know, I'm a USF grad, so, you know, go Bucks, Go Bucks, um, Go Bulls, I should say. <laughs> the Bucks and the Bulls, but, yeah, Go Bulls. So, USF grad, and you can even see right on my shoulder right there is my diploma. But, yes, yeah, so I, I definitely want to say, you know, my prayers and condolences go out to the Alexis Buckman family. I, I got a chance to, you know, she's US, USF softball, Alexis Buckman, and after a two-year battle with brain cancer, that's just sad. You know, they did a really nice tribute for her. That was really cool. And 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 there was a statement here. It's, it's, it is devastating to lose a teammate, friend, and beloved member of our Bulls family, USF's softball head coach, Ken Erickson. And he also said, Alexis was a light in all lives. She touched and was truly courageous and inspiring in her fight. Our thoughts and prayers are with her parents, Stephen and Chris, and family. We were blessed to have Alexis in our lives and to learn from her example of grace and determination. Her memory will long live within our program. So, yes, I'm going to do a moment of silence for Alexis Buckman, USF softball player, who unfortunately did pass away. So we'll do a moment of silence for Alexis. Right, so that was for Alexis Buckman. May she rest in peace. But yeah, so I wanted to talk about Tiger. Tiger withdrew from the Genesis Invitational due to sickness. And, you know, it's like it's great to see Tiger out there giving in effort. And he started off actually really well shooting a birdie. And he had his moments out there. So you could still see that. The talent is there. You could see that if this guy was healthy and he was a tiger of old, you could see why he was so revered, even with all the surgeries, all the pain and ups and downs, he could still go out there and still could play some golf, you know, but I think he's at a point where his mind still wants to compete, but the body, unfortunately, can only do so much his body is man multiple surgeries just it's just countless and the ups and down the amount of torque he puts on his back I just think that it's hard for him at this point even when things kind of go well for him to walk the course and make it through four days of competing at the pro level to win a tournament you know I just think not to say that if he keeps going out there I think Someday you're going to have things are going to line up for you. You'll get a lead and 
and you might cash one in, but I just think that it's more often than not, you're going to see more of what you see now. It's hard for him to, the last time we saw him out there, he withdrew. The time before that, he withdrew. The time before that, he withdrew. I just think that his mind is still there. He has some of the shots, but to put it together for four consecutive days, I think that's tough on his body. That's why I think it is. And I know it's got to be really frustrating for him. It's got to be demoralizing because he knows he could probably still win, even with everything, if his body would cooperate at least for four consecutive days. It sounds easier than it really is. It's not as easy as it sounds. You have to walk this course. Not only do you have to mentally, physically be there, your body has to withstand the hot, the heat, the hills. He's already have a tough time, you know, kind of getting through to finish up. So it's it's tough for him. And the only way he will win, I would never count Tiger out. The only way I feel is if he's going to win another tournament, if things line up for him and he gets one. But outside of that, I think you're going to see more of what you've seen today. You know, he said he was sick. I think you're going to get you're going to get more of that way with draws. And, you know, one of the advantages with withdrawing is that it, it doesn't stick on your, like, loss thing. It, it You withdrew. And I, I just think, unfortunately, that's what you're going to see. As much as I think he's the greatest competitor, the greatest golfer ever lived, and regardless of whether he doesn't win or not, or if he does, that won't change. I just think that his he wants to do something that his body just – Unfortunately, won't cooperate. I mean, he's got not as much of a limp, but you could just tell that that body's been through some wars. It really has been. So I give him credit for going out there, giving it a go, competing. You know, you could tell he still has that drive in him. But it's just, it's you're going to get more of what you saw today. A lot of, unfortunately, the same. So those are my thoughts. You know, if you're a Tiger Woods fan, get there the first day or two of the tournament. Don't wait for day three and four because you may not be be there come three and four. So if you're going to get there, plan on being there Thursday or Friday. Don't plan on being there Saturday and Sunday because you might be disappointed. And definitely I want to thank you guys again for an awesome show. I do want to go ahead and let you know. A lot of great things are going to be happening, too. We have some great events coming up, not just the Daytona 500, but there is going to be a lot coming up. You're going to see me out and about it quite a bit more because this is the time of the year where things are starting to heat up, where you get more and more events. So expect me to be out and about. Make sure you don't forget to subscribe to the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show on Facebook and YouTube, Alan Alford, and Instagram, Alan Alford there too because i'll keep up to date on a lot of great topics i'll let you guys know how things are looking at the daytona 500 i'll let you know and you know i'm going to call it the way it is but definitely want to thank our great great musician sam scola and we got to thank a wonderful wonderful sponsor can't thank go without a show without thanking the alan the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting. You may need support group. So make sure you visit G's right there 
is so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Visit them at 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. And if you can't come down to Tampa, that's all right. Come on down to flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. Make sure you get that bottle there. This stuff is delicious. You got to try it, folks. flbbqsauce.com. We're going to go ahead and play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by none other than the wonderful Sam Scola. You want to go ahead and give Sam Scola that contract that he deserves, he needs. You can go ahead and email him at singalongwithsam at gmail.com. Again, that's singalongwithsamgmail.com. You can also listen to his great music there. Sam Scola songs are available on YouTube and Spotify.com. And we're going to play that song right now. The show sponsor song, the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. So delicious and addicting. You may need support group by Sam Scola. So let's play that song right now. Comes in for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic. For chicken steak chips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's. Florida barbecue sauce, Chef G's, Florida barbecue Sponsor. It's the 